The fact of the matter is, whether you've been in network marketing for years or just a few days, your family and friends have seen your opportunity and your phone is, as we call it, burnt. If you're anything like me, that's a scary thought. So the big question is, how do entrepreneurs like us, who love the network marketing profession, who no longer want to be that guy and are tired of convincing people during uncomfortable let's get coffee meetings where they say, what's this all about? How do we market in a way that aligns us with our dream clients and expands our network of upfront and transparent professionals, allowing us to get our time back, our families back, and gain a real passive asset? People like us who value impact over income, we deserve to see our visions once and for all. Join me in this podcast where we'll uncover just how to do that. My name is Eric Sablon. Welcome to Burnt Phone Marketing. Hey guys, what's going on? Eric Sablon with Burnt Phone Marketing. And you know, as I as I go through this journey and as I bring more and more guests, sometimes you find that diamond in the rough. That rough I was actually just at Funnel Hacking Live. And the way Russell Brunson said is it you look for the Rembrandt in the attic. And do I have a treat for you guys today? Um, I'm just going to kind of run through some of the accolades that this guy has and some of the things. And don't sleep on the internet. I always tell you guys, don't sleep on the internet. You can find so many amazing, amazing people on the internet. So without any further ado, let me give you some of his credentials and why you want to listen to the end of this, this, uh, this podcast. Number one, he's the author of decades, author of decades and days. Guys, think about that. Decades and days. He's compressing time frames. He's got a premier podcast show. He's interviewed over 65 plus of the top entrepreneurs in their niche. And we'll talk about some of those amazing interviews. I'm talking people like Stephen Larson, JLD, um, just to name one or two. He's the creator of the Dream 100 Masterclass. Again, those people on that podcast are going to bring come to come to you in the Dream 100 Masterclass. He's an admin and coach in um, Kim Dang's programs, and he's an overall super cool guy. So please welcome RJ Ahmed to the show. RJ, welcome to the show, man. Hey, Eric, thank you so much for the cool introduction, man. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm super excited for you to do this. I mean, you... And what we're going to talk about today is I was going through a lot of your stuff. Well, you know what? Let's just start step back. Kind of give us a run through of the last couple of years and how you got into what you're doing with the podcast and how you got to the journey that you're at. Give me, give me a little bit of your Epiphany Bridge story. Hmm. So the people who don't know about me, I'm born and raised in Saudi Arabia. I spent my whole life over there. And the people who are living in Saudi Arabia don't have the entrepreneurial mindset. They love their nine to five job, what they're doing with it. They're okay with that. And so am I, you know, I was, I had that exact same mindset. I'm going to get a degree, going to do a job, but that's going to be the life, you know, life of a common man, how it's going to be. So during that time I was teaching tuition with my mother, you know, I was getting like paid hundred bucks per month for me, which was fine. For, uh, so like when I was aged between like 12 to 18, I was okay. I was good. I was like, okay, that's fine for me. But I was spending that money into liabilities like PlayStation 4, games, and this and that. For a, for a kid, that's okay. But you could use that money into different ways as well. So in 2017, I moved to Pakistan for the very first time. It was different. It was so much different out there because the different mindset of the people, different culture i was like i landed on mars yeah it was completely different for me 
so I, when I finished my college in Pakistan out there, I didn't got my admission in the university. So when you live in an Asian family, you could possibly relate uh, to these things out there. There are comparisons. Your cousin got admission in the university. You haven't, and they're like, you know, comparing yourself. I'm like, ah, this is crazy. So I was typically free for six months. During that six month period of time, I saw an ad around Shopify, like what Shopify is. I had the idea about it, but this time it clicked like crazy. I was like, let me try and do it. Mm -hmm. So I started to search about it even more. I searched on YouTube. Uh, there was a channel by Sebastian Gomez. He's an awesome guy, awesome dude. I saw his video. I started to create my Shopify trial and build my store around that. But during that moment, I started to think about how can I get paid? Because we're in Pakistan. In Pakistan, we don't have Stripe. We don't have PayPal. We don't have any of those payment gateways at all. So I was like, ah, you know, this is crazy. Because as an entrepreneur, when we are providing our services or like whatever we have to offer, we have to get paid ultimately. So I was like, I don't want to add up into a victim mentality. There's possibly going to be a way. If there's a problem, there's a solution to it. So again, I went back to YouTube. I found a way again by Sebastian. The reason I'm talking about Sebastian a lot because he's from Costa Rica, US, So he knew all of those things. Mm -hmm. So he talked about the uh, possible solution of Stripe uh, from US forming LLC and this and that. So I went in, I saw the cost of forming LLC, which was 126 bucks. That was the same amount that I had uh, as a saving. So I, when I came to Pakistan, I didn't was making any money. What, what all I had was my saving, and that was it. But I was like, let's try. Mm. Let's try and see what's going to happen. And the reason I'm talking about is that if you're young, I don't suggest you taking money from your parents. I don't feel that is a positive energy to do it. You know, that is not a positive pressure. When you're investing, there is a pressure to it. But uh, taking money from the parents and investing is not a positive pressure at all. That is a negative pressure that can push you back. So I was like, cool, I'm going to invest my money. If it's going to work out cool, if not, that was my money. I could learn something possibly if I, if I might not make any money at all. So I was like, cool. I went in, found the LLC, got the Stripe. Uh, when I was about to launch my store, I was like, I don't have any money for the rest of the stuff, like product fulfillment ads and this and this. So I was zero right now. So what I did, I did a post on Instagram. Crazy enough, I was watching that post like a couple of days back and I was like, how time passed by now? So I watched that post and the post was something like, hey, if anyone is interested in investing my company, let me know. So there were a few of my friends who were also my tuition students as well. They reached out to me. I explained them the process. We're going to make a lot of money, this and this. You know? So they paid me 200 bucks for 30% equity of the company. You know, so I'm st I already started to like do the equity based stuff uh, and everything. So they gave me 200 bucks, which is around like, uh, by the time of this interview, it is around like 34,000 rupees, which was pretty good for me as an 18 year old. So I just did that. And I was about to launch my store around Black Friday in 2018. So like Black Friday is the biggest quarter of like e-com sales. Gurus are like making six, seven figures a week or day. And they are portraying that you're going to make the same. So I was thinking about that. I'm going to put up a random ad, everything going to be random, and I'm still I'm going to make six figures in a week. But that's not true. You know, that is how they're manipulating us in order to, for us to think about that it is fast, but it is not. There's a process to it. So I didn't make any money using that Shopify time at all. I was selling to my friends, family, uh, the e-commerce product, but that's not a sale. A sale is something when you're selling to someone who's unknown to you in the initial start. 
Mm. Later on, they become your customers. So in the initial start, that is unknown. So I was like, no, these are not my sales at all. So I went in and I keep on going that during that time I was watching like a lot of marketers talking about the concept of funnel. I think that was just the timing you could say. So I was hearing about a lot of funnels out there and I was thinking about what a funnel is. Like, is it like filling a water tank, oil tank, like what it is actually. So that curiosity was like on the next level. So again, it was coincidence that during that particular time frame, I saw in a post on Instagram and it was something like, this guy had made over $3 million in 90 minutes, Russell Brunson, co-founder of ClickFunnels. I was like, okay, Russell is the only guy I could relate with funnels because I was so impressed by what he achieved at that point. And I was like, dude, how that person have like made $3 million in 90 minutes, this is crazy. So I started to do more research around what ClickFunnels was. So in uh, fast forward in early 2019, I joined ClickFunnels out there under Paul Murphy, who is a ClickFunnels Dream Card winner, the, the guy that I admired the most because he helped me to start this, uh, you know, this journey with ClickFunnels. So when I got in a call with him, he was the very first guy that I got in a call who had native English. English is not my first language. So the people who pretend to be, uh, you know, bragging about they know English in front of their friends, they know they don't know anything in front of a native person. They can brag, but they don't know. And you know, these scenarios, they know about it. So I was stuck, I, do, I didn't have that confidence, but Paul was super kind to help me out and uh, uh, like teach me some stuff, which might help me out. So later on, ClickFunnels extended my trial for two months because I wanted to promote ClickFunnels as an affiliate. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm not getting these orange bars. It was orange bars in the past. I'm not getting these orange bars, how other people are getting this is a scam. It doesn't not work like crazy. So I was thinking about all of those things out there. And I was like, it's not working for me. So in March in 2019, uh, there was a guy who needed a Facebook ads course. And I reached out to him. I was like, hey, man, let's talk about it. I'm your guy. I got in a call and I explained him the process. I was like, hey, I'm going to give you this course for free if you get one funnel away challenge. So mm -hmm. he was like, cool, I think that's a good deal. He went in, he bought one funnel away challenge and bam, I got my first hundred dollars. I was out of the world. I was like, this is what I spent in a month in my hostel around like 15, 16,000 rupees, which I made in a day. And I was like out of the world. I was like, oh my God, I made hundred dollars in a day, which I spent in a month. This is possible. This works like all of these limiting beliefs, like breaking down like crazy. So. Then I started to thought about, okay, if I can make $100 a day, it is possible to make $200, $500, $1,000 as well. So when I thought about that, that gives me that clear idea about, okay, now I'm motivated because I made a bit of a money that is enough for anyone who's starting out, even if they made a dollar, that is a motivation for them to be like, hey, this works. So same thing for me. So I went on, I spent, I started to be more interactive in ClickFunnels space and ClickFunnels group, like reaching more people out or commenting or like helping more people out there as well. So in that first month, I made like $300. For me, it was good. It was around 50,000 rupees. So uh, I was like, okay, providing more value, understanding what value is. So value is if you're helping someone with your time, money, resources, or could be anything to help someone, that is a value. So people are, are most often like confused what value is. These are the value terms initially that you could understand. So it took me three months to make my first thousand dollars by the time of July. And I was like, okay, so I made some money. Now I have to understand like even more and like understand the market or understand the rest of the process. What should I sell as an affiliate? Because still I was doing the affiliate marketing stuff, 
it it took me like next five to seven months to make uh, to make my first ten thousand dollars, and then things started to transition pretty well. That is amazing. So you you started out with one hundred and twenty five dollars in your bank, um, in yes. your savings, and I love what you said because you said you know I don't think that borrowing money from your parents is a, is 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 the right way to do it, and that's like a big nugget for you know, some millennials, that's a big nugget for, for everybody's like, don't take the money. And then what I like, what you said was you became ingenuitive and you said, you know what? I put a, I put an Instagram post up and I gave up equity. And one thing that I always tell my clients is I always say, look, man, you could, you can give up equity for leverage. Mm, if you're yeah. bringing in the right people and become the right partners, all of a sudden they're shiny. They're what they're, what their zone of genius is. They can stay there. And that was, that, that was some amazing, amazing nuggets just in your story um, that like, and I'm so uh, 10K, you know what I mean? From Pakistan, I was like, that, that is amazing. That's, the story is, is phenomenal um, to hear. So like, I want to just get into some questions because I've got the, I've got questions for you. Like, sure. you know, I, I was looking at the podcast lineup that you created, the interviews that you've done, the things that you've dialed in. Um, to get these real, real Dream 100, I mean, Dream 100 of everyone in ClickFunnels you had on your podcast. If they spoke from stage at Funnel Hacking Live, they've been on your podcast. Like, yeah. they are the cream of the crop right there. And I'm, I was just watching them, going through, and I'm like, wow, this guy, I saw this guy live, I saw this guy live, I saw this guy, I follow this guy, I follow that guy. It's like, wow, amazing. So all I wanna do is like, pick your brain, and uh, you know, help my audience figure out how to model, or what what we like to say in the funnel in the click funnels thing, funnel yeah. hack what you did in um, to get those those big names. Now, just know you're not you might not get all the big names that RJ got because some of those big names he got them at a sweet spot. I think he got them at a sweet spot, and he had a great way to to present to them. But can you tell us a little bit about like? Um, so I, I call this premier podcast guests because I hmm. think that's what you, that's the niche that you dialed into. And uh, so can you just kind of tell me like what, a little bit about the background and what you've done to create these premier podcast guests is what I'd call them. Hmm. Okay. So, you know, Russell talks about having your own distribution channel a lot and the very first time when I got to know about Dream 100 was in One Funnel Away Challenge. Mm -hmm. uh, and now if people don't know, uh, like Chet Holmes was the very first guy who came up with the concept. And then later on, Russell Brunson talked about a lot. And then later on, Dana Derrick mm -hmm. uh, took it to the next level. So these, these were how things transitioned to. So like ever since I saw Dream 100, it fascinated me a lot of how the process is. Like building a relation with those influencers. Like who doesn't want that? Everyone wants to build a relationship with their favorite influencers. So at the time when I got to know about that, my very first unofficial uh, show interview was with Alex Elliott. I got her on the show and this was the very first time when I was live in front of a camera. So when I was live in front of a camera out there, there wasn't any better mic, no better camera. Uh, I had a PlayStation hankery. It was like one hankery out there and that was it. So like it was imperfect action, but I knew if I can't do it, uh, I won't be able to do it again because in my life, the biggest objection I had in my life so far, apart from making money, was to be on the camera 
that was the very first objection that I wanted to overcome in my lifetime itself. And the second thing, being a public speaker. And being in this entrepreneurship, I've been able to overcome both. And now I can believe that I've done that. But it, when I did that particular interview, it I started to do like a couple of those interviews as well, like hanging around with some people out there. And then I was like, I don't want to do just Facebook Live. I want to do a show or a legit show where I get these uh, guests on the show itself. So it was the time of Funnel Hacking Live last year uh, when I reached out to Spencer Makem, who if people don't know who Spencer Makem is, he's a seven-figure affiliate marketer. He made probably $3 million with ClickFunnels affiliate program alone, which is crazy. One of the top affiliates in the space. So I reached out to Spencer. Uh, I, so before that, I already created the attraction. I was a fanboy. I'm still a fanboy of Spencer because of his, how he does marketing in general, but, but also how he maintains the ethics in the space. His community is different. So I was a fanboy. I saw him accepting my friend request. I was like, oh my God, this made my day and this and this. That was the common thing which happens. So I reached out to Spencer. I was like, hey man, I would love to have you as my first guest on the show. My show name is going to be interviews with entrepreneurs. He was like, cool, man, we can do it. Uh, but not now. It's the time of funnel acting live. Let's do it a couple of months later. But I was like, I'm going to do it. I, could, I can wait for a couple of months, but I'm going to do it with you. I'm not going to get any other guests. I have to get you first and then I'm going to get other people out there. So I haven't thought about any other guests at all. So during the time of the Traffic Secrets launch uh, last year, uh, Spencer was giving his awesome bonuses. I was like, hey, Spencer, I'm going to buy the Trilogy box set from you. I want 30 minutes of your time. If you could do that, I would buy the book from you. But again, Spencer is a seven-figure affiliate marketer, okay? He don't need my 40 bucks in order to give me 30 minutes of his time. But he was super kind, super genuine. He reached back out to me. He was like, hey, man, this is my calendar. I owed you this. Uh, here's the thing. So I booked him up. But the next thing what he said to me, he was like, don't buy the book set just because you wanted to book me on the interview. I owed you this. But I was like, man, you know, I'm a man of my words. I'm going to buy it because I said that. So I, I wanted to be like, just to stay committed to what I've said. So I was like, cool, I'm going to buy the box. And I did just to just to maintain or whatever, just to cover up. So I got Spencer on the show, but I messed up. It was very my very first show. I was overwhelmed. I was super excited. I was asking ridiculous questions, which I was asking Spencer, like, is that backdrop is made of wood or plastic? So he had a wood type backdrop in the past. So asking these ridiculous questions, and when the interview ended, I felt like Spencer is going to hate me. Spencer not going to like me. Spencer never going to reply me. So I had all of these thoughts in my mind, and I felt like it's messed up. But if I haven't started doing the very first interview without a good experience, it wasn't possible for me to bring the next, next one and the next one and be better at it. Someone is going to be there to have your bad experience. Mm -hmm. And it is normal. If you don't want to be like or be look like a loser for some people who, how they think about like be like a loser out there you could get a person out there with five to six figure mouth for some people five figure person out there is still an achievement especially when they're starting out so you could get that person out there and make those mistakes over there and optimize that and then be better for the next person and the next person so my second guest was up for shape when i got up for i again that excitement was mode was next level and then I was still trying to figure out how I should lead the process because I was doing the first first time, like it was my very first interviews. I didn't found my voice. I didn't found of how I should speak, how I should communicate. I had that level of resistance in me, 
where I wasn't up to the mark. And I felt that. And I felt that for a couple of interviews to the point when I interviewed Catherine Jones, I believe it was the 10th or 9th interview. I felt like the level of energy that's coming up and it's getting better and better. And to the point when I got Steve, I felt like I'm getting to a point where everything is getting better. I'm getting the process. I'm getting the frameworks in my mind of how I'm asking the questions, what I'm doing, how it's working, and how it's not working. So I started to optimize that and I felt that level of confidence now that, hey, I've got 12 guests, which people admire the most. People love them. And I got them on the show. So when I got Steve on the show, Steve was like, dude, I saw you market our show like crazy. And I was like, Steve, it was you. I was supposed to do that. So after that, he loved the show. He sent me the message. He was like, hey, man, I love the show out there. That was awesome. I was like, cool, man. That is that is like, wow, that is awesome. So so like it helped me to build a kind of a relation where he at least know I'm existed. Mm-hmm. He can, he know that I have an authority. He know that I'm not a person who's just following Steve. He know that I have a show, I have a distribution channel and he could leverage. And he actually did. In the time of Offermind last year out there, her assistant reached out to me and she was like, hey, Steve would love to be on your show again. I was like, whoa, that's crazy. And I got Steve on the show. And when I got Steve on the show, he was like, dude, I don't get on shows second time too often. I love your show. And I was like, that's a compliment. That's huge for me. So in short, like for me, I, I wanted to overcome my belief, but I wanted to learn from these best people. And the reason and the best way to do it is doing an interview. And the reason why not everyone is able to afford or, or paying thousands of dollars in order to pick up the brains. That's the first thing. For you to spend 30 minutes, 30 minutes to one hour with those people on camera, first of all, is huge. There's a code out there to get better answer. You have to ask better questions. Yeah. And it's true because whatever you're going to ask, you're going to get it. So ask better questions. And the, and the much you're spending time, you're connecting with them a lot. Like pre-interview, post-interview, and the interview time is the most crucial time at all before the rest of the process. So that's my thought was of doing the shows and like moving forward with it. Those are some huge nuggets. And it's like, you, you just started. You, you took imperfect action. And I, that sounds like what you do. You like take imperfect action and then you just build off of it and build off it. And like, it's like a muscle. You literally like, like Jordan Metric told me this one time. He said this, he said, it's not that you're not good at it. It's just, you haven't done it enough times. And it took 12 yeah. episodes for you to have the belief and then have the, it, it wasn't the first one, guys. It wasn't the first mm. one. It wasn't the second one. It wasn't the third one. It, it was like, finding his voice. And Stephen Larson said it a long time at, in, in, if you were in the, the one funnel away challenge a long time ago, he talked about at episode 33 is where things started to happen, where he started to feel, yeah. started to get his voice. So it's not about like, no one's listening to my podcast because Stephen says this, like people will go back once you hit it, people will go back and listen to all of your episodes and binge listen to you. How many times have you like mm. found a TV show and then you're, um, and I don't watch a lot of Netflix, but I hear about this. You find Netflix and then all of a sudden you go back and watch all of the episodes. Like that's yeah. exactly what happens with a good podcast and exactly what happens when someone that starts to know, like, and trick, man, I'm, I'm super like that, that, like that little nugget is, is a home run is a home run. So, I mean, I got a ton of questions, but I'm going to be very good with your time. So, um, how is the world of podcasting? And I'm, I'm going to call it premier podcasting guests. How is that? How's the world of 
acquiring those premier guests different now than when you got started? So what is like 61 and 12? <laughs> well, it's a huge difference, honestly. It is a difference of belief. You know, for me, uh, when I started out, I never thought about the people I follow, I'm going to be able to get them on the show. So it was a belief structure that I had in my mind in the start. And I was, again, the fanboy. You know, later on, uh, some of my students actually, when some of my new students, when they got into the space now, and then they started to saw my previous interviews, and now they're like, bro, like, I don't see you much excited. I was like, I'm still excited, but I just don't show everything in, in front of it. I don't want it to be like a fanboy. Uh, I, I, I want to be respectful, but I don't want to be like all over the interview because if we give anyone the stage, so give them the opportunity to speak much. So, so that's what I learned. So in the past, I was all over the place. I was talking too much. Uh, still, that was the biggest thing. And on the other side, I started to, again, have that belief system out there that, hey, the quality of people I've got in the past, and now I'm like, I know what are the people I have to reach out. I know those people are gonna know about me in a lot of different ways. Since I was doing it consistently, like a lot of guests I got on the show, like Kathy, uh, Katie Richardson, Josh Fordy, like Paul, or like some other guys out there, when I got them on the show, they were like, dude, how many, like you've interviewed probably all of our friends on your show. I was like, let me know who's left. Okay, so that was my counter question to them because they were like, dude, you have interviewed probably all of the people out there. And in regards of all of the people, the reason why I interviewed, I had a why around that because I wanted to interview Russell Brunson on the show. I didn't care about how many people I've interviewed. I wanted to get Russell and I haven't got it yet still, but I know I, I will get it. Mm -hmm. But the point over there was I had the intention and the end and not the end goal, but the target achieve mode uh, in, in mind from there. So the difference between the, in the past, it was the level of excitement was different. It's still the same, but I just don't show up that much. So it looks, don't, it, it don't look weird. On the other side, uh, there was a, you know, again, the, the thing was the same, like you, you ask and you might get it, okay? So in the past, I was hesitating or had the resistance of not asking to the people out there on the show because I was reluctant that I'm gonna get an answer, no. Well, they, well, no is also an interest, you know, Grant Cardone, I just said, and then it was also in Sell Like Crazy Book, no is an also an interest. So if someone says no to me for being on my show, uh, the next question for me, for them was, what is the perfect criteria for getting on the show? There's going to be possibility. Just let me know about it. And they let me know about the criteria. And I'm like, cool. If you're going to see me, say me like, hey, if Elon Musk is going to see me like, do thousand episode, I'm going to get you. And if I'm on 60 trip, I know he said thousand. I can get 2000 and get Elon Musk. I have a target in mind now. So just make sure around to get that around things out there. These people are human, but they have achieved so much. Uh, they, you would learn a lot. You know, they spent like five to 10 years of their time and did it successfully after figuring out everything. So if you can like shortcut, that is why I named my book Decades and Days because to shortcoming your time frame from decades to days and extract those knowledges from the interview itself. So that was like one of the biggest takeaways that I had from the past to now when I interview now these entrepreneurs on the show. Well, I'm glad you talked about your book real quick because I'm going to actually make sure you guys listen to watch the, take a look at the show notes because I'm going to put the, his book in here. And the book is called From Decades to Days and it basically is compressing timeframes. So like, guys, think about that. If, if, you, if you know somebody that has arrows in their backs, 
You can learn from them. You don't have to, hmm. one of my mentors told me this, like, just don't step where I told you not to step. Yeah. And you'll be in great shape. So I'm going to go back to a couple of, uh, of these questions. So where, you know, I, and, and I, 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 I saw some of the questions that you kind of asked before. So um, where would, where should entrepreneurs and podcasters focus their efforts if they want to succeed in both the short game and the long game? Hmm. So the very first thing is they have to understand, they have to ask better questions. That's the first thing. And it is for both. It is for short game and long game both. If the experience of your guest is something like they have experienced in the past, uh, you know, I don't think so that's going to work out at all. So what makes you unique? For example, if you're reaching out to these successful people, they have done hundreds of interviews, if not like tens or hundreds of interviews like here, they have done that. So what makes you different? Mm. So one of the common, say, uh, common things I say and I talk about in my framework is try to, if you want to ask questions with the word what, try to not to ask generic questions. Like what is the best advice to give to 20 years old of yourself? What is the favorite book you read? Like why are you asking these questions? You already know that these questions have been asked before. You're just doing it for your own uh, interest, but that doesn't make any sense. If you ask those questions out there that might have haven't asked before, and you have the ability to counter question, if you even if you have some critic in your mind, that could make sense. And for them, it's going to be exciting because you are active in the show itself. You know what's working out. So first thing is understand ask better questions. The second, and I'm talking about asking a better question is like both long and short term both. So. The second thing that comes up is leveraging their social media in terms of like getting traffic. So that is that is short term and long term both, but most probably like short term part is some people don't even repurpose their content at all. They just do, uh, do the podcast. Even they do repurposing, they just don't send it to those guys at all. So send it to those people out there. Give them if you create your content around your interviews, frictionless as frictionless as possible for you, for your team, for your guest to promote it is gonna make your life much easier your audience gonna build much easier you don't even know that there are gonna be some people out there who probably knows you and you don't even have an idea about that so repurpose that content and send those content to those people and you're gonna see like a massive flow of traffic to you and watching you watching your content being the part of your audience and that is something out there that is short term it's just people just don't do it and then long term could be something when you've already made the interview and the experience good, you nurture them still, but the way they're gonna saw you or they're gonna see you is gonna be different because they had a one-on-one -on -one connection with you because they already had that part. If they already had a good experience, now the way that they're gonna be interacting with you is gonna be different. And now whatever you're doing in terms of providing value to them, is gonna be the extra bonus marks that you're doing for them. So when you're doing that, there comes a point actually when they're gonna be either in a JV in a promotion with you and that is the that is the end goal a long-term thing and everything for a connection to uh, make it work so like think about that when i got with my book akbushik was adding those swipe ups on his instagram profile like talking about my book and he had fifty thousand followers and all of these people who follow him who are in click from the space might follow akbushik as well since he's like well-known coach in the space think about it Everyone wants that, you know, everyone wants that to make happen. You know? They want their dream one to, to make it happen. So like if you come up with something creative and make it happen in a way, first of all, make the interview good, 
make that door open, you know, so that you can went through and like have the conversation with them and then ultimately let them promote your product. That's the end goal of it. So that is like short-term plus long-term for any show or for any connection between anyone. Wow. Boom. You just, like you literally just dropped the mic right there. I mean, those are the short-term and long-term. Yeah. Boom. Right there. Like literally like you, you wrap the dream 100 and the structure and the framework into like just a, a cook, like almost a cookie cutter uh, framework that someone could just run off and, and use right now. Um, so actually, now that you asked me that question and I pulled the information that you kind of said, let me ask you a question. What is your favorite interview question to your guests and how would you answer it yourself? So, so you, you mean to say that what is the favorite interview question that I've asked to my guest? Yes. Actually, it is different. You know, I, I will not state one, but one of the biggest or one of the main common questions that I have always or most of the time is the mistakes. Hmm. And the reason why I talk about mistakes is like we as an entrepreneur love to talk about our successes, but most people don't want to talk about the mistakes or failures. So I have a thing in my mind, like even though I had a framework around like how to lead up the interviews, I always have something around mistakes, but the mistakes around the thing that they are good at. Mm. So for example, if, if someone is like, for example, let's talk about Steve. Steve is all about offer creation. So for me, I'm going to ask like, what is the number one mistake people make around offers? What do you see about that? Because he knows about the mistakes that people make. So these experts that I have on my show, all of them are good at something, but their mistakes are on those things as well, but they know about the solution. So th that is one of, actually one of the most common questions. But again, the answers for all that question is always different because everyone is in different market mm -hmm. and everyone have a different expertise. So uh, I think that is kind of a, not like every interview, but like 90% of the interviews I believe I ask the questions around mistakes at one, one point. So I believe that's my favorite question to ask. So I, I actually watched a couple of your interviews and that is one of the questions you asked, but you do wrap it around. It's funny because you now that I'm seeing, now that I'm hearing it and I'm seeing it, you do ask it around whatever their expertise is because that gives back to the, the audience. And you know, mm. one of my mentors told me this, like it's dream, struggle, victory. And people only care about the 10, last 10% of the struggle and the first 10% of the victory. Like, how did you get there? And what were the yeah. problems you got? And you pull those out from experts. That's a home run. That's like, that's like, again, another mic drop. Thank you, RJ. So I always ask this to everybody. Um, I always ask this to all my, all my, uh, my guests. And I, I really, really, really want to like, I'm going to paint this picture for you. Mm -hmm. and, and then I want you to kind of answer this question. So you're at Funnel Hacking Live. You're the Sunday speaker. So Tony Robbins was the Sunday speaker. Everybody knows why we all went to Funnel Hacking Live. It's not only for Russell, but for Tony, because Tony mm -hmm. was there. You're the Sunday afternoon speaker. So in your space, in podcasting or marketing, there's 200,000 people in the stadium. The stadium is full. It's like a soccer game or you know a football game. You're face your image you're always the front of that banner that's walking out that that comes in you give your presentation you give your speech mm -hmm. you talk 
200,000 people are, are standing up, they're turning around, they look up at the screen and they, they look up at the screen and your face is up there, they look at the image, your face is up there. What is the one phrase that you want everybody to remember RJ Ahmad with? Okay, that's, that's a really good question. And I have came up with something out there, which is kind of like super vague, but it is something which is powerful, which is your net, the network is the network. So I want people to understand that I am one of those guys who have networked like crazy with those people. So I was actually, you know, the very first time I was the kind of like the virtually I was watching other people hanging around around funnel hacking like last year, I was happy. I was super happy, honestly, because I was watching these people out there meeting virtually. And I was happy and I was fanboying because I was watching these people out there as a fan. This year it was different. And I want to be completely honest, uh, I, I felt jealous as well. And the reason why is because I was watching these people or like my friends or those people out there who are following me Hanging around with those people out there, which I interviewed, they know me like crazy. My fans, my I, I don't say fans, like the people who follow me out there were leveraging my authority to meet those people. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, if I would have been there, I would have like met all of those people and all of them were knew me who I was. So, so it comes to the point again that, hey, I want to be remembered as one of those guys who networked like crazy. So that would be the thing out there that I would have that as a title or something like why, or I want to talk about the network is the network is because it is. And I want people to remember about that when they see me or like think about me when they think about the networking part, especially when, while doing the show. So yeah, that, that's what I'm going to talk about. Wow. So the, your network is your net worth. And yep. the way that you do it, the way that you lay it out, the way that you play play on it, the way that you use it, the way that you leverage it, it it helps one to many. And I mm -hmm. love what you said there. You were jealous because the people that aspire to be you, people that follow you, the people that um, you know do the things that you do, model what you're doing, were gripping and grinning with the people that you wanted to be there with because of you. No. Yeah, like, I, I want to add one more thing out there, because here's the thing, I don't want anyone to be feel like, hey, everyone is perfect. I'm not, you know, I'm a human, and I have a human things, and everyone was like, you, you know, we saw your interview with RJ, we love that, you know, and then they were like, what's your top takeaways, and they're listing them, their takeaways, taking selfies, sending it over to me, I'm like, dude, oh my god, this is crazy, so, so yeah, like, that is why I wanted to stay transparent of talking about, because I'm human at the end of the day. So here's the deal. We'll both be at Funnel Hacking Live next year. Um, 100%. It's going to be in It's gonna be in Florida. We already know the dates. We already know everything. Yep. We'll both be there. And we'll do another interview at Funnel Hacking Live just like this to see the growth. Like I'm planting that seed. Like backdrop is going to be Funnel Hacking Live. You might be speaking on stage. You never know. Hey. Who knows? Yeah, I will fanboy you big time if you're on stage, trust me. So I will be there to cheer you on. So, so RJ, thank you so much for the interview. It was amazing. All of the nuggets that you dropped. Guys, make sure you listen to the full outro. We always give something away. But also, also grab the show notes and you got to get the book. 
The book is going to be amazing. The, the, the uh, link is going to be inside the show notes. So you'll be able to just click on the link, order the book. There's upsells. Guys, he's a marketer. There's upsells. So click the upsells because you know the more that you invest in yourself, the more value you're going to get, the more, th- the more nuggets. Like it's not what it costs you now. It's what you saved later. So that being said, welcome and thank you guys for joining us. Thank you, RJ, for an amazing interview. And I'll see you guys on the next episode of Burnt Phone Marketing Radio. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thank you so much for your listenership and your continued support of Burnt Phone Marketing Radio. This is Eric Sablon. And as a bonus to you, I wanted to give you guys a free strategy session with me. All you have to do is go to www dot burnphonemarketing.com forward slash book a call and we will set up a strategy session to help you get unstuck so that's www.burnphonemarketing.com forward slash book a call